I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Why, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing today? Pretty good. You know, there's a bunch of crazy that's been going on this past week. Oh man, I tell you. I just cannot believe all of the crazy. I should believe it. We went from the Democrats are going to get pummeled at the at the booth, at the voting booth, and the polls were showing that they're just doing awful, terrible, horrible. They're, they can't get around the um, bad economy, bad job outlook, people not wanting to return to work, or people returning to different manners in which they're willing to work, like they're returning to... I guess it's not really returning. They're going to work from home jobs. They don't want to go in the office. Consequently, they also don't want to work service fields. So we've been seeing help wanted signs everywhere. Can't fill food service positions. Can't fill all of these positions. And it was just looking really, really bad for Democrat-leaning individuals. And, and then and then we get this magical release dun, da, da, da. of SCOTUS docs. So the Supreme Court of the United States has a draft, first draft opinion, something that was apparently worked on in February. We have a decision that hasn't been made. The draft is not final. And in fact, Supreme Court justices are known for switching their opinions after working through the decision process. Just like Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. Yes. So it's not abnormal. But this magical release to Politico has unified ultra leftists and leftists alike. And all of a sudden they have something to fight for the bad guy. And we're willing to overlook all of the other wrongs off of something that doesn't really even exist yet. Well, hopefully it's short lived. Because the damage has already been done, because fuel prices are still up, food prices are up, housing prices are up, cost of vehicles are up. Uh, the only thing that's down is wages. Yes, wages are, are not going as far as they used to. And common sense. Oh, common sense is down? Down about 50% from what I understand. Yeah, we've had these individuals fighting for a lack of biology, I guess you can call it, where we don't believe that there are physical differences between someone genetically born a boy and someone genetically born a girl, which I would say that you don't believe in science if you don't think that there are genetic differences. But for so many years, the the good fight for them has been that men can be women, women can be men, men have periods, men can can carry babies now all of a sudden with this draft SCOTUS decision men could get pregnant we wouldn't be having this discussion right now over you know your right to choose which is really funny coming from the same people who said men can get pregnant so I wonder you just made me think of something you know we donate body parts all the time when somebody unfortunately passes away by auto accident natural causes or just death for sure if they've ever tried taking the female body parts that reproduce, if you could 
uh, install them parts in a guy to see if you could actually do it and uh, see if they can have a kid. That would be interesting to see if they can do that. I believe they've done transplants for female to female to see if they can carry a baby. It would be interesting to see if they they could try. I I don't think you have the system in place, but I could be wrong. I know they tried to do plastic surgery to make things look that way, but to actually be able to hook up all the parts would be interesting. Right, you can change your outward appearance, and you can change how you feel, I guess. But when it comes to the reproductive side and the strength strength of a man versus the strength of a woman, they're they're diametrically opposed. You just can't make those work. Right. And you can do all of the uh, pills you want to try and change things. You can take steroids trying to make yourself, you know, lift more or be stronger. But there really, really isn't a comparison to what naturally happens. Right. And we don't have any ill feelings towards somebody that has those feelings or does that. We just think that uh, you should go with the science and science says, like Simon says, some things just are not changeable. Right. I know one thing for sure with this going on there at the Supreme court and somebody releasing that document, some other knucklehead has released all of the addresses to all of the conservative type and moderate type Supreme Court justices. Right, six out of the nine. The perceptive, the perception is that they are conservative, even though Chief Justice John Roberts has repeatedly sided with the liberals of the court. So he is not a, an ice cold conservative. No, by they, any they make decisions both ways. They actually, in most cases read and understand the law and they follow law yeah uh, we've seen a lot with with uh, roe v wade and the decision making process of of alito at least it appears to be his decision making process and going through that draft decision which we arguably shouldn't have but alas we do so you can't unsee it but it's kind of interesting how we've gone from Originally, my body, my choice to this whole last almost two years now. It's not your body, not your choice. It's government body, government choice. And we've had things thrust upon us, medical decisions that the government has wanted to make for you. And if some of the leadership had their way, they would have forced you to get vaccinated. They're forcing you to get tested. They're forcing you to show your medical history and medical record to do almost anything go to in some cases go to a, a restaurant or to go to school to go maskless to to go places anywhere really like in the ultra liberal areas and now we're back to my body my choice yes so we do a lot of skipping around depending on what's politically well you stick convenient. your finger up in the air and see which way the wind's blowing that day and that's how they determine how their direction goes and how they make decisions. Well, I do know that Chief Justice Roberts is extremely upset over the release of this document. In a statement, he said that it will not affect our decision-making process if the person that released us thinks that he or she is foolish. Well, now they're trying to do a peer pressure campaign, so it's not just about releasing it. That was one thing, and now it's, 
peer pressure. You have people protesting. You have them going to show up at their house to try and get them to do what somebody else wants them to do, which is a pressure campaign. And it wouldn't be based in law. It's just we want you to do this because we want you to do this. And if we could you imagine if we ran everything that way and and not to say people aren't trying to run everything that way in this society. But we're not we're just going to force you into what a minority of people want. Yes. And I just listened to a senator talk about that here recently, that uh, the percentages in America that follow what the um, liberal Dems in D.C. decide is less than four percent. So they don't even agree with the senators making these decisions. Yeah, a lot of it is ultra-liberal. It is not, you know, just to the left. It is ultra-liberal, and they want to force down everybody's throat whatever they just happen to decide on a whim that day. Well, that's why it's probably a good idea that maybe this uh, decision does get struck down, and it does go back to the states. So states can make their own decisions, and red states can follow their constituency based on what they want and blue states can follow their constituency based on what they choose. Right. And that's one thing that's really interesting is states' rights. So we are 50 states and there are territories and we have an overarching constitution that says there are certain things that you cannot limit or certain ways you cannot limit people. But for everything else in between, you can, the states have the rights to decide we don't have a universal speed limit in every every county, every city, every state. It's not like, okay, you're going by um, a business district, it will be 35 miles an hour. You're going on a highway, it will be 55. You're going on you know, a, a freeway, it's going to be 75. We have different states, different counties, different cities, and they have their own rights. I'm not comparing you know, a speed limit to abortion, but arguably states do have the right to either limit or not limit different things within their own borders. And we seem to have lost that and forgotten that here. Yeah, I'm actually looking at some of the signs that people are holding up in front of the Supreme Court from Gen Zers. And it says forced pregnancy is a crime against humanity. What does that mean? I don't know, but I saw one that said my mother should have aborted me. Oh, she's brilliant. Hashtag rally for reproduction right. That's interesting. Signs are holding up there. Well, what's interesting about abortion is if you look at what people... Okay, so you kind of noted that people are ultra left or ultra right or states can do what they want. But if you look at the numbers, people generally... So over 50%. People generally support abortions up to 13 weeks for just about any reason in in a, a high percentage. Over 50% of people across the board support 13 weeks or less. Now, of course, there are people who believe religiously or non-religiously that it shouldn't happen, and that's their, their right and their opinion, and they should you know be able to express that. But once you get past 13 weeks... And into the second trimester, you start to lose the number, like the percentage of support. So you start to get down to less than 50% of people believe that you should have the right to an abortion for any reason after 13 weeks. 
However, there are exceptions, and the exception being um, the the life of the mom is definitely important, and many people support that. They don't think you have to die from preeclampsia or whatever other you know sickness you might have that could cause you to die if you continue to carry a baby. So you still have a high percentage of people. It's not over 50% on the for any reason after you hit 13 weeks. But then you get into the third trimester and pretty much the only support is for the life of the mother. Almost as a whole, less than 13% of people believe that you should just be able to have an abortion no matter what after 26 weeks. So it's quite interesting that People are touting, I think it was, uh, oh, who's the leader of the Senate? Uh, Schumer. So Chuck Schumer was was pushing um, a law that he apparently was already passed in the House or viewed in the House, which would be that you could have an abortion for any reason all the way up through 40 weeks. And there is not universal support for that. Well, do you think everybody in America even knows what Roe v. Wade is and when it became law? Uh, the when, probably not, and they probably don't. I mean, they know, I think a lot of people do know what Roe v. Wade is, but only because it's made the news recently. Roe v. Wade, 410 U.S. 113, 1973, 1973 was a landmark decision of the Supreme Court which the court ruled that the Constitution of the United States protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion without excessive government restriction. Notice it doesn't say without no government restriction. Correct. Without excessive government restriction. So I've heard a lot of people the last couple of days after this was released or snuck out or however it hit the wind, was that they're doing this for Ruth. Well, guess what? Apparently, Ruth was not keen on Roe v. Wade. I thought she helped to get it passed. Says Ruth Bader Ginsburg, according to the Washington Post, wasn't a fan of Roe v. Wade. She felt that Roe was the wrong case to settle an abortion issue. Because I think it had to do with a woman who ultimately decided not to have an abortion or that she didn't want one. So the namesake, I know it was a, a name substitution, but Roe and Roe v. Wade ultimately did not have an abortion. Right. She obviously, unfortunately, passed away in 2020, but she criticized the 7-2 decision both before and after she joined the high court. She argued that it would have been better to take a more incremental approach to legalizing abortion rather than a nationwide ruling that invalidated Dozens of state anti-abortion laws. Yeah, well, I know some have said it will stop access in the Republican strongholds, but you have California who said that they're going to pass a law that they'll start paying for people to come here to California to get their abortion. So it looks like it's ultimately actually expanding access. Tides, the tides of change, winds of change, they'll just rotate it again, just like marijuana laws. You know, for years and years and years, we were putting people in jail for marijuana and now because the tide has changed we are releasing people and going full bore trying to legalize it federally now yeah well it's the same people who have pushed for decriminalizing a lot of things and ultimately it's hurt society more so i'm not sure that i would jump on board with those same people 
regardless of of how you feel about marijuana itself it's it's unfortunately coming from a place of people who want to decriminalize everything so i i um and by everything i mean dave chappelle just got attacked on stage in what arguably should be a felony and the la district attorney has decided yeah no no felony for them so just commit crimes Absolutely. Just do it in the right places. Which is the next three talking points I had, which basically have to do with the sheriff down in L.A. County, which is Alex Villanueva. He is a critic of the D.A. down there. And that D.A. is under another recall election for the second or third time. And I the, believe it's the second. Yeah, the, the sheriff says that George Gascon, the D.A., is not doing his job because... L.A. County sheriffs are arresting people at a regular rate. However, when they go into the system, the DAs are getting a hold of them and either just letting them out, giving them light sentences. As a matter of fact, there was a woman that killed her four-year-old daughter, and the DA was in the process of lessening her sentencing or her enhancements. Yeah, because she has two felonies already on her. If it's the the case that I'm thinking about, she already had two felony convictions previously, and then she kills her daughter, who's four, was four. Yes. Died at four. And so he was trying to get one of the other felonies, like, lifted or expunged, so that way it wouldn't be a third strike. Right, it wouldn't be a three strikes. And the judge told him he was nuts, actually. Said, you're all wrong, dude. And it's crazy because now you bounce up to the Bay Area. And do you know where BLM gets a lot of their funding from? Leftist organizations? Yes. Left-leaning organizations? Yes. Tech companies? It's called the Silicon Valley Community Foundation. Yep, tech companies. All those big ones. I mean, you could even donate through Amazon Smile. I know we talked about that previously. So it doesn't surprise me that's from leftist organizations. Yes, 2020, 60% of their donations were from this fund, and it was like $2.5 million, irrespective of what the founder of BLM has done with buying houses and doing all the stuff that she's done. But a little bit crooked. And, you know, you bounce up the coast a ways, and you go up to Oregon, and there's a defiant GOP mayor whose rally was attacked by Antifa thugs. And they said that uh, they couldn't get help from the police because they're underfunded and they didn't show up for about a half hour or so. Well, he's running for governor. And he said if he becomes governor, he's going to refund police in the state at all city levels. And they're going to take this back because it's no longer funny and it's out of control. Well, it's funny that you bring up Antifa because they actually also attacked in, in Oregon. So Oregon's making their paces. But Antifa attacked a family planning center and they have hits out on all of the family planning centers because they just believe that you shouldn't have family planning. You should just have abortion. That's amazing. So then we can roll right down to the Midwest and down to Texas or you can go down our coastline and then over across to Texas. And even Democrats, there's a Democrat mayor there that's upset with the Biden administration because the border is totally out of control. And every time they email or try to call, nobody answers the phone or the emails. They're not responding. He said it's kind of pathetic that a president of the United States and his group will let what's happening down at the border happen. So much so that the governor of Texas has just given another $500 million to help combat illegal immigration. 
And it's funny that the governor of Texas is getting a bad rap because he's actually trying to address the problem and stop those who are doing unlawfulness, who are doing repeated wrongdoings. He started shipping unlawful immigrants, illegal immigrants, whichever way you want to look at it, shipping them all over the U.S., including to D.C. There's talks about sending them to Delaware. I think Florida has talked about sending them to Delaware because the federal government has been flying them in the middle of the night to red-leaning states. So they get the bad rap for trying to do something where the federal government's just adding harm. Do you ever get the feeling that every four to eight years, depending on who wins the White House and gets control of the District of Columbia, they start retaliating against the other party? I really do think that because if you look at, at, at California, you look at New York, you look at a lot of these left-leaning states, New Jersey, well, New Jersey kind of goes back and forth because they have had Republican uh, governor. But if you look at the left-leaning states, the ones that say they they support open borders or, or immigration and all of that, not uh, they su- basically support illegal immigration, why is it that they aren't sending all of the people from the border to these states that support or claim support. Why would you send them into a place that claims zero support or a lack of support? It just doesn't make sense. Nope. Payback time. But it's payback because it's going to take away from local resources if you have to deal with it. So it is, it is payback. I mean, we have MS-13 gang members who are getting through the border and if they get caught, they just do it again and do it again until they they get through. But you have MS-13 gang members. I mean, here, federally, they're getting sentenced. There's a racketeering and conspiracy involving multiple murders getting sentenced to 50 years in federal prison. This is like a 20-year-old, 20, 20 22-year-old, something like that. But you have a youngin getting 50 years in federal prison Followed by three years of supervised release. Like, what is that going to do? What is that doing for anyone? How does that, how do you even attach three years of supervised release after 50 years in prison? After 50 years in jail, that's ridiculous. But these individuals who are coming through, MS-13 is a very bad, bad gang. They are known to be uh, extremely violent. And this is who is getting through our border. And they start young. Yes, they do. They start real young. See, so the, if you're saying, well, they just let kids through the border, unaccompanied juveniles, these are the type of unaccompanied minors that are coming through. Are all of them MS-13 gang members? No. But there's a reason why they need to be vetted, even as juveniles. Yes, so can I give you you and our listeners a quick little history lesson on MS-13? Let's take the quick little history lesson on MS-13. Mara Salvatrucha, commonly known as MS-13, is an international criminal gang that originated in Los Angeles, California in the 1970s and 1980s. Originally, the gang was set up to protect Salvadorian immigrants from other gangs in the Los Angeles area. Over time, the gang grew into a more traditional criminal organization. MS-13 is defined by its cruelty and its rivalry rivalry with the 18th Street Gang. So it's interesting that it started in the United States, but then it migrated to their basically their home country. 
and then is coming back up through the border. Yes, because their territory is Central America, which is El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, and the United States and Canada. And they're mostly Salvadorians. Globally, there's 50 to 70,000 of them, 8 to 10,000 in California or in the U.S. Wow. I knew it was a lot, but I didn't know quite how many. And it's not just MS-13 that is uh, problematic. There are lots of criminal organizations that are problematic. And there's definitely drugs coming up through the southern border. As we saw the National Guardsman who died in in Texas recently was trying to help two individuals that appear to be drowning who survived. But they were drug mules. Yeah, they were mules, not... They weren't... They weren't high in the organization they were just paid so they were trying to make money they were all that that's what they were doing they could make money by carrying packs or they were trying to get across themselves and became mules not intentionally if that's the right thing to say that's the right thing to say close enough so let's talk about the authorities kidnapping people we have authorities kidnapping people Yes, so there was a baby who had periodic medical checkups because the baby was having trouble gaining weight and and eating, basically. The, the baby was exclusively breastfed for about seven and a half months, and then the parents were introducing solid foods, and the baby could not tolerate solid foods. So they had a lot of medical appointments going because the baby wasn't gaining enough weight and trying to figure out what they could feed this baby. The parents were trying to figure out the food intolerances and running lab tests just so they can try and figure out what to do. The hospital would discharge the baby over, you know, like the baby would come and go through the hospital depending on how well the food intolerance is going. And they made a follow-up visit, but when... The parents didn't show up to the follow-up visit. Mind you, this is multiple follow-up visits that they, they had already made. There was one, and the mom got sick, so the mom canceled the appointment because she was sick and didn't want to take her baby to the doctor while she was sick. And the nurse uh, referred the family to Child Protective Services because they didn't show up to one of the many follow-ups that they had already showed up to. And so the police followed them and arrested the family for not going to For missing one appointment. For missing one appointment. And then, um, so they, they did some follow-ups with them, but they took the, they took the baby. So they, they, um, stopped at a gas station and then were surrounded by cops And then people started filming, so they called an ambulance, and they basically said, if you don't give us the baby, they tried to hide them in the ambulance, if you don't sign over your baby to us and let us take the baby, we're going to arrest you for interfering. So some do-gooder working for the state Mm -hmm. made up their own rules, Yes, and the parents had been repeatedly trying to get the baby healthy and had been working to get the baby healthy, but... With the the nurse who turned them over to CPS and then the police who decided to arrest and take the daughter. Apparently they targeted not the mom. They thought the they thought they had the baby's mom, but it was like the baby's grandma. 
And so they had no authority with her, but they still arrested her. And when the the police, uh, so she started asking, like, what crime did I commit? Why are you arresting me? They refused to, to say anything and just uh, arrested her for resisting arrest and obstruction. They wouldn't tell her why she was actually being arrested. And I bet that happens a lot more than we would believe. So it seems like the only reason why this came to light is because they were, they Basically, they knew the right person. So someone who was running for um, the governor of Idaho happened to know the family and then started demanding that the hospital like give the baby back to the family. Because mm-hmm. I say hospital. So the police took the baby and then took the baby directly to the hospital. So then they went there and started protesting and saying, hey, you should give the baby back to the family. So they decided to arrest this person who was running for governor. They decided to arrest them for trespassing. So then it became national news and a whole bunch of people showed up and started saying, hey, you can't just arrest people and take their babies. Um, You cannot. But I guess it was the thousands of phone calls and emails and getting everybody involved that the Department of Health and Welfare finally gave the baby back to the family. It took like a week. Well, and I'm we're surprised talking- that the Biden administration didn't send the FBI after all the parents and all the people that were protesting and saying that they were hellraisers and they needed to be uh, put in jail. Right. I, and I agree. Uh, so what's even crazier about this, so they give the baby back to the family because of how much interest there was in in this particular case. But technically, the baby is still the legal property of the state of Idaho. Really? Yep. So they can they can swoop in and take your baby because your baby's sick and you're trying to figure out what's wrong with them, but you miss an appointment because you're sick and you don't want to bring sickness. You know, I, I mean, the last two years, we were told if we were sick, stay home. Right. So here's something that'll make that even worse, though, for more parents, Idaho and maybe across the U.S., because we're facing a worsening baby formula shortage as America's as Americans face the intense crisis of the current baby formula shortage parents of infants appear to be digging around for solutions from illegitimate sources online they're looking to make their own home formula for babies it's crazy that we're having formula shortages well let's push that thought process just a little bit further not only is there baby formula shortage There's other food shortages right now. It's all we keep talking about on the news. And mysteriously, all of these food processing plants are catching on fire. I know. And burning down. There's been over 25 to 30 of them in the U.S. And one local, I wouldn't have believed it if one didn't just burn up in our community a week ago. Yes, there are so many. As you noted, there are so many fires that are breaking out in these facilities and they're all accidental it's not arson is what is being claimed that all of these fires just happen to occur and take out a bunch of food processing plants across the united states i just do not believe in no, the there's coincidence. no coincidence like that. Just like in our town here, they're working on moving the high-speed rail through, and there was a lot of old abandoned warehouses and other types of buildings that mysteriously started catching on fire and burning up too, the ones that were right in line with the train track. So I'm sure they burned up so that the owners could collect a higher 
value payout than eminent domain and getting whatever the state would pay them for it. Right, because the state wasn't known for for paying a good no pay. Because you own property and the state decides to undervalue it, which has happened across the board, where where we're seeing nothing but prices going up, and the eminent domain, the prices are just not fair market value. And arguably, they should be above fair market value because you're forcing people to give up their property. So it shouldn't just be fair market value. It should actually be above and beyond fair market value. Not that I want my taxpayer dollars going there. I'm just, you know, citing with eminent dom- people who have had their property eminent domained. But over 17 places have caught fire in 2022 alone for food, food processing plants. Over 17. That is not a coincidence. No, you know, that's just one more little tidbit about stuff like that. When oil refineries, one's down for maintenance and the other one mysteriously catches on fire or has some kind of big issue. Right, over and over again, it seems like... Eh, and I get it that sometimes they say when it rains, it pours. There's a certain level of pouring before it's like, you no, know, you turned on the hose and you're yeah. raining on yourself. Fake pouring, yes. Yeah, you, you opened up the fire hose on yourself. It doesn't count as, as raining. So, Ray Epps. Do we know who he is yet? So far, they are sticking to the claim that Ray Epps just happened to be there. And had nothing to do with the FBI or any other government acting. And we waited over a month for the disclosure to come because it was in March. In March when they said they were going to disclose who Ray Epps was and is. And here we are, May, and they finally disclose who Ray Epps is. Uh, Well, make a, a minor disclosure, I guess you can call it. They're disclosing who Ray Epps is or who he is not. And they're doing it while the big fire of SCOTUS is going on in that that draft decision. So it was silently released while bigger fires were burning. Of course, because this is a way to push it out of the news. Yes, and so the, the stories that are coming out, though, are all about how the right-leaning folk were, were uh, calling Ray Epps, you know, a government actor. And so there's all these conspiracy theories surrounding Ray Epps. And now the disclosure is that a couple days after January 6, 2021, he called the FBI to announce who he was and that he was there, but he did nothing wrong. That's the, the new claims that the FBI disclosed, or the government is disclosing that he actually called the hotline and said, hey, I'm Ray Epps. I was there, but I did nothing wrong. And so the disclosure is essentially a non-disclosure. <laughs> so the video of videos of him egging people on, right? So they're not real, right? They're not real. So one of the releases is that he went over and whispered into the guy's ear, like, hey, let the police do their jobs. And then the guy turns around and goes tear and tears down one of the barricades. He was trying to stop it. That's his claim. But it's just interesting. And I would believe that the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing in government. I, I do believe it. So he calls a couple days after. I understand chaos is ensuing and they're looking for all of these people. But it took him six months to figure out that he had already called and said who he was. Because he was on the the wanted list for six months. 
So the disclosure is that the government couldn't keep track of people calling and outing themselves. I call baloney. So aside from that, he is apparently a former Oath Keeper, but that is neither here nor there. And another filing in court, which is not with Ray Epps, but is in a different case and along the same lines of Ray Epps as far as the conspiracies surrounding him, that an attorney, a defense attorney, in one of the uh, case, January 6th cases said that there are 80 suspicious actors and material witnesses that they have under scrutiny and that they want the government, they said in a motion that they want the um, government to disclose who these people are if the government already knows. It's probably all the undercover FBI agents that they refused to tell Senator Ted Cruz at one of the committee hearings. Right, and this disclosure, which also came uh, came out the first week of May, so this disclosure on we want to know who these 80 people are, apparently if you follow the videos around, which is very hard for them to do because the government is actually not releasing all of the videos to the defense. They're releasing the portions that they want to use against these defendants. That, and that's it. Well, I guess through different means, this defense attorney for one of the particular, one of the individuals charged, he was able to follow certain people through the videos and note that they changed their outfits. Like one would be wearing a hat and then in a different video, his hat and his shirt changed. And so they started following certain people around in the videos as much as they could. And then they would find them resurfaced in a different area, but dressed differently. And so they... It's taken them a while, and their claim is the reason why it's taken them so long to request this is because the government is only slowly releasing certain portions and pieces. They're not actually releasing everything so a true defense can be made. So I wonder if they're taught that when they know they're under surveillance or there's hundreds of cameras to change appearance regularly. Well, there's... This defense attorney is saying that it's a tactic by government actors that they're trained in that fashion to do it when they're trying to incite stuff in other places. It's harder to figure out who they are, so it's not the first time they've seen this happen. Okay, so and I guess they've labeled different people with names, which I mean they're gonna person number one, person number two, etc. But they've given examples of what their observable behavior was and what their conduct was and what the what the new video evidence. So as they've gotten more parts and pieces to these videos, they finally have been able to connect things up. So it is interesting that the Ray Epps disclosure and some of the new videos that they've given over to these defense attorneys seem to kind of still support the conspiracy theory. Okay conspiracy theory side of it well i just hope now that we're attacking the supreme court for a document they were working on whether it was going to turn out that way or not that if something happens at the supreme court or at these people's homes that they do a january type six the rest and they hold people to account i doubt it i highly doubt it because so far the president and jen saki until she's no longer the working for the white house 
have said that they have the right to do this. They're still calling them peaceful protesters. They have the right to peaceably assemble. And I do agree with that, but they haven't been peaceful. They've actually, some of these individuals have committed assault, committed assault on video and the police officers haven't made arrests in all cases or have let people go. So it, I just don't think that they'll be treated the same way. I think that as they should be though, but it always seems to work one way for one group and the other way for another group. The unfortunate thing is one group doesn't stand up enough for themselves and say, you know what? We, we have to change this. Okay. So speaking of standing up for yourself and we end up with representatives and this happens on the right and the left representatives that are bad for the party. And Madison Cawthorn for me uh, is becoming one of the the representatives that's bad for the party. So you have a guy who claims to be supportive of being conservative, religious, family, all of the usual right-leaning things, but then videos come out of him over and over again doing things that are not typically typically considered conservative or family related it's time to help vote him out of office and then he also keeps repeatedly going through tsa with guns and does he have dementia like biden uh he's in his 20s i don't know how that if the car accident you know bopped his head but uh he also has been um driving without a license repeatedly. So he just keeps over and over again doing these unlawful actions, even if they're minor. He Well, taking a gun through security is not that minor. But he's... So then people say, oh, well, this is... You support this representative, therefore you get no opinion on this subject. Or your opinion counts for less. I don't know. I'm kind of... Yeah. Kind of tired of... That, like, okay, but there are plenty of other people, and technically he only represents North Carolina. I think I've previously said he's right south, south, but it's north. He's yes. North Carolina. So, okay, so he represents North Carolina, and North Carolinans can decide if they want him to still represent them. He doesn't represent, you know, me out here in California. Technically, we have no rep right now. Right. <laughs> but Devin Nunes was our person. Yes. So, I don't know. I just like just because he's a Republican, it doesn't make it. No, just like whole, rhinos, yeah. like Mitt Romney. You know, he's a rhino, Republican in name only. Some of the ones up in the Northeast, the senators, they're Republicans, but it's they don't Susan really. Susan Collins. Yes, they don't really represent us, even though they're Republicans, because they seem to vote wrong about 99% of the time. Yeah, I, I don't know. So I was just like, okay, so he's a, a bad example of a representative. But he's not my representative, so can we move on from from that argument and just get to, hey, we need to do better for society, period. Yes. Speaking of needing to do better, I don't know how many mistakes Biden has made speaking. You know, this is, yesterday was the first time he has spoke since um, January to a news group. Oh, you actually having a... Yes, actually having a presser. Yeah, one this year. Yes, and he was talking about American students learning Spanish, and I guess he misspoke again, and it was unintelligible. People just, they had no idea what he was saying. That seems to happen every time he speaks, though. I'm sorry, it's, 
mumbling happens, bumbling happens, and we all have off days. But if every time you speak, you have an off day, off minute, off hour, it. when do you say enough is enough? And he, he may have been known for his gaffes throughout his whole, you know, political career. But this isn't a gaffe anymore. No, they're coming home to roost now, and it's no longer a gaffe. As you just said, this is a, a man that's really descending fast, and he's running a country of, you know, 300-plus million, and he's supposed to be the leader of the free world, and um, we look really bad. We look terrible, and it's funny that they said how terrible we look with Trump. You're telling me this looks better? Even in Worseville, this looks better? Negative, Ghost Rider. We were 1,000% better off Yeah, two it, years ago. It's funny, like, President Obama could speak well. Yes, he was a good order, like Clinton was. But it doesn't mean that you have to support them. We could still use a president that could speak well, yes. even if you don't like what he's saying. But we get, we don't like what you're saying, and mostly we can't understand what you're saying. And you don't understand what you're saying because the White House has to go and correct the uh, records to say what they wanted him to say, not what he actually said. And they had to clean this one up, too. And actually, this reporter basically said what everybody else has been saying and thinking was that that's why they're do, they do limited pressers and they do them in certain locations because they want him to stay on script and just read what he's asked to read and say. Right, and he likes the faux, the faux White House, uh, faux Oval Office, or whatever you want to call it. He likes it, or they like it for him because it has a teleprompter that is integrated instead of them trying to bring in the teleprompter to the actual Oval Office. So the reason why he uses the faux office is because they get him on script and reading what they want him to read. And he still blows it. Yeah, and he still blows it. So uh, him, Nancy Pelosi, sometimes, hers is more, you can understand her, but she sounds drunk. And then you have Dianne Feinstein, who apparently goes between being able to speak well, being able to take meticulous notes in meetings, but then shortly thereafter forgetting that she was even in the meeting and forgetting who she's talking to. So she's one, and she was already showing these signs back in 2018. But apparently, she is, as they said, she is her own person and she'll decide whether or not she wants to run. While all of the people supporting her, propping her up, and basically getting her through all this are, are this, they're a part of the problem. Um, so all of the people doing it for Biden, Pelosi, for I'm sure Mitch McConnell, he can speak, but he also does some of this stuff too so you have mitch mcconnell and chuck schumer i don't think he's i don't like what he says no, but i don't think you, he's bad when off you can combine all these rhinosaurs yeah. all these really old republicans hell they're about a thousand years old combined and the democrats make them all about 1500 years old combined yeah so you have all of these individuals who just need to go why are, why is our party both sides so old like with with age comes wisdom, but then there's that part where you're going downhill. There's a drop off point, and we've reached it. And that's my new phrase, and we're going to coin that when they're old Republicans, rhinosaurs. Rhinosaurs. <laughs> so anybody so that hears that, that's our term. So don't use it. Yep, Dirt Sailor podcast. Dirt Sailor Mark. 
rhinosaur. So when you sue somebody, how do you ask for a bunch of money when they have no money? Are they counting on insurance? Um, sometimes it's just to, it makes you feel better uh, and just you just curious. drive people will ultimately drive them into filing for bankruptcy. And depending on what they did, it will either be attached to them forever if it's like through a fraudulent action or it will go away. Side story, we sued our wedding photographer because he did not produce our wedding photos and we paid for extra products and stuff like that. And we didn't get those and he lost in court. In small claims court is where we sued him. He lost. And he com- he went and filed for bankruptcy for this action and others. And he got away with it. So I ultimately we sued him. That was supposed to be the make us feel better moment. Yay, we won. We never saw anything from it. Well, hopefully there is such a thing as karma. And he got his justice. Or you got your justice from his... You know, losing his camera or never getting another client. Or reason I bring that up is because you remember Gabby Petito. Yes, killed by her boyfriend. Yeah, Brian Laundrie. Well, Gabby Petito's mother has filed a new lawsuit against the estate of Brian Laundrie for thirty million dollars. Unless they're super wealthy, I mean, generally, even if they have a pretty good house, like if you see them in their houses worth so much, you can't take people's homes. Like, they get their home, I think they get a car, and a few other things that you can't actually take from them, so you can't just, like, go sell their house and they lose it or something like that to get some collect on your money. So there are certain things that they're not going to lose anyway, even if they sue. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah, let me, uh, let me follow up on that. Uh, they're suing for incurred funeral and burial costs. They've suffered a loss of care and comfort of their daughter and probable future companionship, society, and comfort. The Laudry family attorney fully expected the lawsuit, and it's a, he says that this lawsuit will most likely not be defended. It's not a surprise. I think they were also accusing the family of going on vacation with their son after they knew that he had murdered her. Well, apparently they want a piece of paper that tells them what everyone already knows, which is that Brian was responsible for Gabby's death. Right, because they're never going to see their day in court because he committed suicide. Yes. Yeah. There are some court cases, too. It's not about actually getting the money, as you said. Well, it's sad because there was just another young lady, 23 years old, in Wisconsin that was missing for a week, and they just discovered her body this week. She was murdered by um, a lot of guys. There's several guys in jail right now. Really? There's no no moral no moral checkpoint right now. Well, we've been America. told to to get get rid of religion, and for some, that's your moral checkpoint, right? Okay, no religion can hold you. The government becomes your religion. It seems like they want people beholden to the government with. We've thrown out moral compasses. We say you can commit crimes and we won't prosecute you. Society doesn't hold you to any standard. So look at what we're seeing. Look at the result. We're seeing a nation of lawlessness. And I believe there's books out and studies that representative republics only last two to three hundred years and they start chewing themselves up from within. Well, and if you look at what people want, they want a socialist society. 
They want a Marxist society. They claim that it will be better, but the same leaders are going to be somewhere near the top. I don't think we're going to overthrow every single person in the leadership position. So the same bad leaders will still somehow make their way through. And in all of the socialist countries, the leaders on top aren't in the same boat as everybody else. So let's not act like it's going to be a fix. Right. And it's not a fix. Even like the war in the Ukraine right now with taking all the assets of these big oligarchs from Russia Within a very short amount of time, they'll all have their money back. There's already been studies, you know, because people complain that rich don't pay their fair share of taxes, which they do. I believe they pay 60 to 70% of all federal taxes. Right, but it's not their fair share, apparently. If you were to take 100% of it and hand it out to the people within five years, that top 1% would have all that money back. Because what got them there is... And it doesn't have to be that they held everybody else down and they're clearly doing wrong things. No, that's not it either. But um, California is looking at passing a law that you need to pay 25% more on capital gains if you have property. And like, let's say you turned it into a rental or you held it for less than so many years. They want to take more from property owners and sellers so if you are a making money off of rental property and you hold your property for less than seven years, for whatever reason, you'll end up having to pay more capital gains on it. They want even more because you already have to pay capital gains if you are commercial or you're, you're renting it. So they're trying to find a way to get even more. Well, and I wish they would give us some legitimate justification for that just because some dude or some lady thinks pie in the sky that our money is their money why don't we all stand up as citizenry and say enough well this because is our we have tea- to have this- someone to hate yes this is our tea party enough and i don't mean the tea party that was in congress and stuff a while back i mean the boston tea party yeah, they because we just point and we make up a reason to hate somebody else and then that just drives people that there's always a reason to hate. And if you get people to feel fear and anger, you can keep them going longer than if you make them feel happy and relieved and you can get more out of people. And if you look at, oh, Elizabeth Warren, she helped to draft our bankruptcy laws. She was like a legal expert, a bankruptcy expert, and she helped to do so much and shape so much. And then what did she do? She turned around and showed corporations and those that we were targeting how to get out of what she had just made and then started repping them. And then she was getting money from it and all of her uh, money has been made off of situations like that. And when the market went down, And she started snapping up properties that were in like bankruptcy proceedings or that people didn't, you know, turn back into the bank. And she started snapping those up. So she started making money off the backs of the very people that she claimed to be helping in the first place. So they they all do it. And they say that it's for us and they're there for the little guy and they're there to help us. But she's a prime example of somebody who is out for herself. You know me. I love to read. I love explanations. I wish I could read. So here we go. What is asset stripping? 
It's a process of buying an undervalued company with the intent of selling off its assets to generate a profit for shareholders or wait until somebody's in financial ruins, jumping in, taking what you can, and thrashing the rest. But let's get back to taxes. Who would do such a thing, though? Um, Narcissists and sociopaths. Submit Romney. Yes. Okay. And he'd put his dog up on the roof of his car. So let's get back to taxes, you know, being being back in church and and relearning what I never understood in the first place because I wasn't smart enough to pay attention. No, I, I... Just as an aside, I think it takes the right person, the right leader, and the right teacher, someone who truly has the heart of a teacher and really wants you to learn, not someone who's trying to provoke you into thinking or doing a certain way. So, like, I'm going to make you feel guilty and you'll donate money. But that's a side point. Go ahead. And we have, one. The, and we yes. have one in Pastor Otis, no yes. doubt. So, anyway, I didn't realize that taxes go back to biblical times. So, people, folks, whatever you want to call them, have been asset stripping us. Since the dawn of time, basically. Our, our kings and, and leaders have been doing that for generations. And we continue to take it. Right. And even when we have a revolution, somewhere along the way, we have a revolution, we overthrow our leadership, we allow somebody else to get in there and we end up wash, rinse, and repeating the cycle. And I could, I could go with socialism if... We were all on the same page and all completely equal, all equally putting in the same time, the same effort, the same energy and the same wants and the same needs. But what doesn't work is if I am doing a job and person B is doing a job and I perceive their job or my job to be harder or easier Resentment starts to fester. If we're getting the exact same thing, exact same pay, exact same house, or the perception of whose house is better, they have a one square foot more yard, they have a nicer car, they, you know, because it was their time to maybe get the car. And I think that I should get the car. It's not fair that mine broke down a couple more times. I just think that there's so much involved that equality will never exist in a socialistic type setting. No, because you would have to be new land, new houses, basically a brand new country. So you would have to go in and parse the lots exactly the same. The houses would have to be identical from the very top leadership down to the lowest person on the totem pole. And you work up from there and you stay consistent. Right. We would have to steamroll like entire states to make sure that we would start all of the houses from exactly the same, all of the schools from exactly the same, all of the every facility, the number of people being allowed to live in a certain area so that way there's not too many people in one area, not enough in another. It would have to be exactly the same. Well, and that's what I think used to be a pretty good product of America. And one advantage we had over other countries was the fact that there was a lot of money there and it was there to be had for anybody that worked their tail off and was willing to go for it. However, you have different educational levels of people. I don't mean that it's a bad however. And some will make more than others. Well, and then you have risk-taking. So I've noticed this just even between my husband and myself. I am more risk-adverse than he is in some areas, and he's more risk-adverse in other areas. But in if you're not willing to take a risk in something and then somebody else takes that risk and it pays off tremendously for them, 
is that do they owe you something because they took the risk and you did not? Correct. I would love to be like um, Elon Musk, but I can't stay up 20 hours a day, 22. Um, he didn't start with a lot, but he's ended up or he's got a lot now. And I think that's the cool thing about America is, you know what, he did it. He is the quintessential American success story. He is. And so we need to quit looking at it as it's not fair that somebody else has something and I do not. Now, if they went and they colluded with someone and they stole something, yeah, let's address it and make sure that that type of thing cannot be allowed to happen. Let's work on that. Let's absolutely like dive down into that and make sure that it can't happen. No cronyism, no, no big contracts, no cheating. Absolutely. And we should definitely keep focusing on that. But to say that somebody took a risk and you did not, and you want to be rewarded for what they did is unfair. Yeah. No insider trading Congress. Yeah. Our Congress needs to be stopped from being allowed to trade single stock. Hey, since uh, mass mandates have been lifted on airplanes, I think it's time for me to start flying again. What's really cool is unruly air passenger incidents fall after mass mandate lifted. Go figure. Wow, you mean muzzling people and them never being good enough, never wearing their mask enough, never doing the right things, children just being children and not uh, being muzzled. It turned out that that actually had a negative impact on people flying. Weird. Crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. So what's collusion? What is collusion? You're looking for the definition of collusion? Yeah, what does it mean to collude? Well, my definition of collusion would be, let's say I work for the city of Fresno. And you are a developer. And you decide that you would like to build on a piece of property. And me being in the development department with the city... I collude with you or I get together with you to help you benefit with that piece of property by getting discounted permits, by getting the property at a deflated value, even though it's worth much more. Anything to help you and me benefit from the same thing or a good outcome. Okay, so what do you think about states suing the Biden administration for pressuring and colluding with big tech to censor free speech? Do you think it happened? Absolutely. Yeah, I remember some some of the hearings early on when you had Jack Dorsey from Twitter and you had um Zuckerberg from Facebook, they would be doing the the congressional inquiries and it would be like, why haven't you stopped people from posting about this story or posting these things? And then all of a sudden we got the censorship campaign going. So we saw a pressure campaign and then the government working with these big tech types to collude and stop certain pieces of information from being able to be shared across their platforms. So I guess some states are are suing now that they believe that they have enough proof of collusion between the social media platforms and the government. Well, as they should. Do you think most Americans are pretty smart? Generally. Generally speaking. So do you not think that these platforms that are publicly, publicly traded companies should put everything out there and let the smart people 
look at it, analyze it, and decide whether it's truthful, whether it has any value, or whether it's just garbage. Okay, so that's a very good point, people being able to evaluate stuff on their own. What do you think about having access to books? Well, um, online electronic books or actual physical books? Uh, all of the above. Yes. Do you think you should... Do you think we should ban books as a society? No. That there should be like a banned list and then we just say you can't access it. There's appropriate places for certain types of books. Right. So if it has adult related content and material, you wouldn't put it in in a K through a school. Okay. Not that it would be banned per se, but it would just be not the appropriate place. You can put it in a place where later access, once they're arguably old enough to access and make the choice to access. So why is it we see book banning as a bad thing, but we see misinformation, disinformation campaigns and banning access to say news stories or other information as a good thing. Isn't it along the lines of book banning? Absolutely. It is. It's the same exact thing as book banning. So airplanes, do you know a wing part fell off of an airplane? I'm sure it happens more than we'd like to think. It does American Airlines loses part of wing during flight? Oh, a whole a whole part of landing. a wing. Yeah, and it was probably just a winglet or something. Yeah, that would not be fun. I've been a part of semi-emergency landings and emergency situations, but I have not had a. A full-on, like, mass drop-down emergency situation before. Got a couple of interesting ones with landing gear, landing lights, things like that. Nothing real severe, though. Yeah, on one of the flights that I was on from Nashville to Las Vegas, uh, we had a medical emergency on board, so then they told everybody to sit in their seats, and they actually used that little emergency contact device to speak to medical personnel on the ground. So they had, they like brought out their emergency medical bag. And then when we landed, they told everybody to stay in their seats until EMTs had come aboard and helped to escort the individual off that had the medical emergency. Luckily, she appeared to be mostly okay. She was able to get off under her own, you know, two legs, but whatever was going on was very significant to the point where everybody had to stay put don't you always hope though when you're in a big airplane like that that both pilots are trained you know i would hope that pilots are always trained to be on the airplane just like the the flight attendants are trained to handle situations i would hope that the pilots would be trained to handle all kinds of situations too so i wonder how the passengers felt this week when there was an airplane flying from england to new york and hour or so into the flight, they told the passengers they're going to have to return back to England or London Heathrow after the pilot informed the first officer that he had not finished his training. How do you allow, like, how do you take off? How is it that they took off? You would think that the pilot would be like, yeah, this, this plane isn't. The one that I remember training on. I'm and not type rated in this airplane. I probably shouldn't fly it. Right. How... How did they get into the air? It appears that there was an admission that the last flying test hadn't 
been passed, but that's just quite interesting that they would not complete training and then allow themselves to get up into the air before well, admitting. You know, I thought their flight books uh, would tell him that he has not completed his training and therefore he's not allowed to get on an airplane and go flying yet. That's just crazy. Yes, it is. So you know what else is crazy? The, um, um, me? Other than the violent violent sprees that have been led by a gang of uh, juveniles that what? have been going on there in Boston. So apparently there was a child-led gang, an 11-year-old girl was in charge of this gang that was terrorizing people downtown. Apparently all of them are under the age of 14. And they were just, all their victims were either white or perceived to be white. One was a light-skinned Hispanic woman. And the uh, juveniles apparently just decided that they were going to start assaulting people. So it was this violent gang of 13-year-old and unders that, I think that that's crazy that we just have a society where our kids are are not doing good things, but I don't think we've been the best at showing them true leadership either because adults are going around and being just as crazy and it's they're not suffering consequences. Correct, and you even have correctional officers break, running away with yeah, murderers. Running away with a supposed murderer. I got... Hasn't been convicted of the murder, so right. supposed murder. Casey White, 38, escaped the Lauderdale County Jail. And he was spotted with Lauderdale County Sheriff's Office Assistant, Assistant Director of Corrections, Vicki White. She was apparently very close to retirement, too. I, I guess she just met her time. Interesting. And he was a... He's got a big white supremacist tattoo on him, and God, the guy's like 6'8". That's tall. Yeah, it is. Must have been a former basketball player at one time. Just because you're tall doesn't mean you play basketball. I know. Just If I was that tall, I would have definitely played basketball. So something that we've talked about on this show is the educational system and how there are various components that just haven't worked for the students and how much learning loss there has been over the last two years. And, but in Baltimore, there was a news scandal for the, the Baltimore city public schools because there was an investigation into how a student had missed 140 days of school and was still passing their classes. And what, at first, I thought this was just like someone skipping school. They didn't notice, and they're just giving them a pass. But it turns out that this student was doing very well for themselves. Uh, he has physical disabilities, and he needed a nurse to be present in order to, to be at school safely. But apparently, with all of the closures... And then the reopenings, along with having difficulties finding people to fill the, the job positions, they weren't able to provide a nurse, even though it's legally required, they weren't able to provide a nurse for this student, so they couldn't go to class, um, given their, their particular physical disabilities. So they weren't showing up because the school couldn't get them there and provide what they needed, and yet somehow they were just saying that this student was passing all of their classes. Wow. 
That is interesting. And I wonder how many other students we have that we have not provided what they needed. And yet we, if they say they pass, if they say they show up, they get the money. They've gotten the money, 140 days worth of money because they said that this student was, was there. there and they provided no services to this student. So how many other students are present are being moved along in the system so they keep being marked present so they get all of the dollars wow wow that's all i can say yeah we're failing we're failing miserably in all in all facets of life right now so you remember james carville why does that name sound familiar he was uh bill clinton's guy he helped him get elected, helped him get elected to the governorship a couple times. Okay, so he was, uh, I guess that's why the name sounds familiar, but I don't specifically remember. Yes. So he is blasting Democrats. So he's one that looked at the Roe v. Wade thing, and he says that they need to quit just talking about veganism and pronouns. And he says that conservatives are justified in beliefs that the Democrats are dysfunctional right now. Yeah, for all our dysfunction, and and there is dysfunction in the Republican side of things and the right-leaning side of things, but uh, I would say that there's definitely more dysfunction on the left as far as, you know, definitions of things. Yes. So we talked about the Navy and the USS George Washington, and I would like to um, bring up the what has been going rate. on. The high suicide yes. rate. And the fact that, that the Navy was not properly addressing what was going on with the USS George Washington. So it has come out that 10 or more, they're saying 7, the Navy says less than 7. I think the Navy's only claiming 4. But others have said 7 to 10 over the past two years have committed suicide. And... Even in cases where it's been investigated by reporters and the Navy said, oh, no, this was not a suicide. The reporter was able to gather enough information, go and seek records, public records on who died when and find out that a coroner listed a particular military member's death as suicide. But the Navy was saying undetermined. So all of their undetermines are labeling it as something else. There were more suicides than claimed. So on the USS George Washington, it is currently dry docked. It's undergoing repairs, and this happens every so many years for ships anyway. It's not a surprise that it was happening. But they started assigning junior-level military members, Navy members, to the ship while it was under construction. So you had, for approximately the last year, people have been placed aboard the ship that were way junior. There were no senior level uh, officers or even senior enlisted that were present. It was mostly junior level enlistees. They had to sleep aboard the ship. It was an active construction zone, so it constantly had construction noises going on. They would lose access to hot water, um, among many other things that were going on. And when they brought it up to the Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy who came to do a visit, they he basically said the Navy should have managed your expectations better and at least you're not in a foxhole. That was as much as he gave. And that now that it's been brought up to our Congress members that this is not okay, putting people in an active construction zone 
not giving them access to hot water. And then in some cases where they didn't live aboard the ship, but they had to go to a drop-off point and then get bussed over, the commute times were three hours. And then they were working them 12 hours a day in some cases. And so now you just have this very bad situation and it took a bunch of suicides three within a week for the navy to finally take it seriously congress had to get involved and now the the upper level military saying oh we wish we would have known it was this bad oh no you did you just didn't care enough so i wonder while they're doing a refit on this ship if they're redoing the reactor also I think it's a refueling is what they're calling it. Yeah, they're putting new fueling rods in and new reactor rods. I wonder if there's any leakage. Oh, that would also negatively impact That would negatively impact these sailors. Well, and then it's also taking longer than it was originally supposed to. I think by two years now, it's taken longer. And I understand we had, you know, things were shut down, getting access to parts became harder, but forcing people to live aboard a construct in a construction zone. Could you imagine if you lived somewhere and there was construction noises 24 seven and no running water or no running hot water at certain points, you can't even shower, you can't have access to hot water. And someone said that, well, I mean, you decided to live in a house, so that's your fault. Or you decided to live in an apartment, that's your fault. When you they, wouldn't do it. And I understand you join yeah. the Navy and you give up certain things when you join the military. I absolutely respect that. But it doesn't mean that you give people mental health issues yeah. and just well, say, you well, you signed yeah. up you for it. You don't give them disrespectful answers. And when they don't have skin in the game, it doesn't matter to them. Right. Because that, that Master Chief Petty Officer the Navy was going to probably a really nice hotel room because they yes. were traveling really great digs. And yeah, He's not staying on the boat. Yeah, and it was only the junior level people because I think if the senior enlisted and the senior officers had to live in that, they would have dealt with it much sooner. Yes, they would have. What else you got? Oh, one of the things I have is the VA is still disqualifying vets from the caregiver program or the, the caregivers from the veteran caregiver program and sending out the letters of disqualification even though they claimed that they were going to put a pause on it. So the the families are still getting those letters that saying they're going to be disqualified. Originally, they expected about a third of people to get pushed out of the program, and they're up to 90% of people getting pushed out. Wow. So unfortunately, that pause that they claimed came down is not happening. They're still getting their letters to push them out. So do we talk a little bit about Hawaii and lawsuits, property Property lawsuits. Um, we talked Condos. about it last week. We talked about the Hawaii homelands. Yes. Well, I spoke with one of my coworkers today whose mother was on that list for years, as you talked about. And she declined to accept it because she was too old by then. She's now since passed away, I guess. However, he told me today that uh, it's pretty pathetic. And if you dive into the whole system which is the Kamehameha Schools as well, that they have a billion dollars there. And some of the leadership within the Kamehameha Schools have been investigated and fired because they were using a lot of that money, or not a lot, but they were using funding for their own personal gains, remodeling their homes, buying bigger homes, you know, getting salaries of upwards of a million dollars. 
and to um, the best of his knowledge, the same thing was happening with the homeland property rights as well, that you have a group, a small group of people that were making bank off of it. Taking advantage, taking of, advantage of the situation. The lack of oversight. Yes, yes. Of the lack of oversight. Yeah, unfortunately, that has happened in many different areas. You had um, the Kealoas, which were the top prosecutor and the chief of police, used and abused their position as the prosecutor and, and the chief of police to go after a family member who found them taking money out of um, another family member's checkbook. And so they then colluded with some of the younger officers for the chief of police to plant evidence against the the relative who was calling them out. And that relative like was found guilty and a lot went on before the the Fed stepped in and actually did something and there was a trial and they were ultimately found guilty. But even the city had given them like a sweetheart retirement package deal and they all just the colluders seem to work with each other to to scratch each other's back and in the end it just the those tight-knit people they uh and by tight-knit i mean the people who are doing things illegally the ones that are what was that term you used a few minutes ago the colluders the colluders so they're scratching each other's backs. so all of the colluders and the bad guys will stick together and do bad things together and so you have people who are running the show with the Hawaii homelands and different different groups, and they just scratch each other's back, and they get the money, and then all of the people that are supposed to benefit, all of the Native Hawaiians who are supposed to benefit, get put on decades-long waiting lists. There's no reason that people should be waiting decades for homes. No, and I just read an article today that they opened a new condo complex with I believe it was two hundred un- yeah two hundred units two hundred twenty units Makiki. yeah the price was going to start at around five forty seven ish a month to up to fourteen up to something 14 for something. a two bedroom well I was looking at some of the discussions back and forth by folks that were commenting after the place opened apparently they're no longer taking applications because it was full before it opened. That's not a surprise. No, not when you have thousands of people looking for homes and looking for affordable homes. Right, because the the homes are not affordable. I know when when my husband and I went there to look for housing, a family of four could be making just over six figures. It was like a smidge over six figures, so just breaking that one hundred thousand mark. That you could be making that much and still be considered poor like you're you could qualify for assistance and reduced housing because it's so expensive there it's amazing obviously six figures you're like hey i'm making it yeah yeah so it was you could qualify for assistance at those levels so how much do you think you actually have to make to be able to afford a house there oh and unfortunately that's why two three four families live in one little thousand square foot place Right, because you just have to make it work because, or else you have to leave. You have to leave the islands. Well, and that's why you see all the buildings that pop up unpermitted when they're building little homes in the back of their property. Right. And well, they, and because then when they try to rent one out or make a little money to actually afford the place, they get shut down. They get shut down or get in trouble. Well, in some of the, the unpermitted places, so the reason why they're part of the reason why they go unpermitted is because the process to actually work with the city government 
is so expensive and so convoluted that by the time you actually go through the permitting process, it costs you more money than, and the whole reason why you were trying to build it in the first place was because you couldn't afford it. Correct. So it costs so much money to do it. And I understand that you want things to be safe, but it shouldn't come at the expense of thousands and thousands of dollars. Like yeah. just on top of what you're already trying to build. Well, people that are financially strapped like that should have a carve out for free permits or very inexpensive permits. Right. Agreed. And they should be looking at the building department should be looking at helping them build things, not doing their best to discourage them from living and building things. Absolutely. So something that happened here in town locally that made national news was an FBI raid on a very posh area because it appears some kids may have been calling in bomb threats around the country. And unfortunately, it's another reason to make the news that is not good for our area. No, no. I wonder if it was uh, kids playing, being silly. It's, honestly, it sounds like it because there were two young males that were detained and at least one could be seen in handcuffs. So uh, unpopular opinion. But I, I'm just thinking about how we show up to people's workplaces, we protest, we can do that. But when you start showing up to people's homes, why is that okay? Because one side over the other says it's okay, right? Yeah. And why is it, I mean, I understand the whole attempting to overthrow a government and a coup and, and all of that, but why, like, why is it worse to go to a public building and do something than to go to a private residence? No, I would say it's far worse, especially since you afford them less protection, less security, easier for hundreds of people to breach a home. Just imagine how easy it would be for them to break into our home. Much easier. Yes. If we were downtown City Hall with a fence around it. Right. And so I, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Like, why is it, why is that ever acceptable? I under, again, freedom of speech, well, freedom of assembly, stuff they, like yes. that. But that's private residences. Yeah, not at somebody's home because you're trying to intimidate, intimidate them. them to a conclusion that you want and not what may be best for the masses as a whole or letting the person use his or her own individual thought process to understand the law and come up with their own conclusion. So I know you worked for the, the government for a while. Don't remind me. And no, you, I'm just kidding. Yes, and you yes, were a I supervisor did. of people. Yes, I was a supervisor. Men and women. Yes. So do you think it's appropriate to friend coworkers, especially subordinates? Okay, so that's a difficult one. Appropriate, I'm not sure because I think we have a bunch of gray areas there, but it could look like you're giving preferential treatment if you accept a friend request from one person over the other. I tried not to, how do I put it? So when I was a, before I was a supervisor, I friended colleagues. We were friends on social media, but then I became a supervisor and then it was kind of a gray area. And then I moved on to a new place where I was a supervisor of people that I was never direct colleagues with. So then I just did not do friend requests of my direct subordinate. Well, technically any of the subordinates in the office. Well, it's like they say about being a millionaire. It's easier to have never been one 
than to become one and then lose it all. Your your feelings are much different when you're at the top of the hill and then you go back down to the bottom. And I wonder how people feel when you do associate with them, like going out for social events or social media, and then you decide at a point in time that, you know, I may have made a mistake and you start unfriending them how they feel from their perspective. Yeah, could, I can definitely respect that it would be different. Very much so. Let's talk about some of the islands that we annexed and or brought into the umbrella of the U.S. of A. Okay, so, so we have islands that were brought in because of the Spanish-American War. And when we won, we took over some of the Spanish islands. They were given over, which included, I believe, Guam. Puerto Rico, Philippines. It wasn't just the Spanish-American War. We had American Samoa. We had U.S. Virgin Islands. Through all of this, we end up with these islands. And a lot of those are good forward outposts for war, for protection in the event of like World War II. Right. And so apparently back in the day, the view of these islands that, that the U.S. took over as territories was that if it was on the pathway to becoming a U.S. state or, like, official, you could be a U.S. citizen and, you know, pathway would continue. In others, you could become a U.S. citizen, but you don't pay certain taxes, so you also don't reap certain benefits. And then American Samoans are nationals and have never been U.S. citizens by birth. So how do we fix all that? You know, some have requested that they start paying the taxes. I don't think everyone wants to pay the taxes, but they pay the taxes and they reap the benefits because it's almost like they're a second-class U.S. citizen. So some want it to be that you pay into the system so you get SSI out. Others say, well, people who are on SSI generally don't pay a lot into the system anyway. Therefore, it shouldn't matter if they're pulling out from the system. Then you have American Samoans who some want to stay nationals because they say that their heritage, culture, and all of that will be upended if it if they become citizens. They'll have other um, responsibilities and, and legal requirements that they don't want. So there's kind of a two sides on that one. And the Hawaiian people can attest to that. They they want to undo the becoming of a of a state. Now, mind you, since 1900, if you were born in Hawaii, you were actually considered a U.S. citizen. But it wasn't until later that Hawaii actually became a state. But there are people in Hawaii, Native Hawaiians, who want to undo the becoming of a U.S. state. They want to go back to being their own peoples again. And it was Queen, I can't remember her name. I'm sorry, it's escaping me right now. But she went to the U.S. president and said, hey, these landowners are trying to take over, basically do like a coup. They imprisoned her. And then um, she asked the U.S. for help, basically, that she would turn over the islands with the the goal of it getting turned back over to the Hawaiian people just to kind of settle this attempted takeover. And once the islands were turned over, the U.S. just kept them. It was so, nice of them. Yes. Was it Liliu Olakalani? Liliokulani. Liliokulani. So there, there's 
and I'm cutting out a lot of parts on that is obviously not just a super clean history. Right. So you had that and then the U.S. just took the lands. And so there is a lot of hurt, heartbreak, and they want to go back to being their own country because they actually more align themselves with like the English way of doing things. They had, you know, your your king, your queen, and they they went on a monarchy type system. And so it wasn't, you know, president and elected officials and all of that type of deals. So they they got taken over or they requested help from and then we screwed them over if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, the official name was the 1895 counter-revolution in Hawaii where she aided in a short-lived attempt to restore the monarchy. That's when she was imprisoned. And you really can't blame her because it was a monarchy for a reason. Yes. But yeah, so you have, so there's obviously a lot of history going on there. And then you have just all the different islands and how, how and why we treat them differently. There's just so much there. And the reason why this is all getting brought up is because there is another Supreme Court case where it's being requested that, um, certain islanders be considered citizens from birth and they all get the same rights well i wonder if the paper's been released yet on how they're going to vote right is that just how we're going to do now court of public opinion because if we do things based on the partial knowledge that we end up having and and go by our feelings we don't want to hurt feelings it yeah because how many people say we're okay so here's a bad side example, Johnny Depp. He was accused by Amber Heard of being a spouse abuser. So he loses all of his lucrative gigs. He's no longer the lead pirate in Pirates of the Caribbean. He lost his job there. He lost his job in the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them series that he was doing. He lost a lot of work. He lost millions of dollars. Um, but everybody looked at him and said, you lose your job, you're a spouse abuser, get out. Get out of our society, you don't get to work here. So then he sues Amber Heard for defamation because apparently it was all made up, partially made up. She was really the abuser. There's a lot going on in the trials, so you got to watch it. Um, But now it's appearing through the court of public opinion, but and everything that's coming out, that Amber Heard was the abuser. She still, even when it started coming out that she was the abuser, she kept her job. She didn't lose her lucrative gigs. She's in Aquaman 2. Well, as the trial goes more and more in depth and just some of the stuff that she did, they don't cut her out of Aquaman 2, but they cut her time down. She, I mean, she's already under contract. She's already making that money. She's already, she's still in there. She's still getting paid. So the court of public opinion changed and we got it wrong the first time. Is that how we want to live? Where we just, you know, shoot from the hip. Oh, we got it wrong. Oh, sorry, Johnny Depp. Oh, well, go about your business now. It cost you your life, livelihood, millions of dollars, all of that. But okay, we're going to move past that now. We get to move on and forget about our wrongdoing. You know what that's called? What is that called? A pure democracy and not a representative republic when the court of public opinion takes over and makes all the decisions. 
Yeah, it's definitely not the way I want things to run because I've had snap judgments and then I realized I got it wrong. But if we impact people's lives so greatly with our snap judgments, that's definitely not the way we should be running things. Correct. I've always had that uh, issue with uh, being a juror and I'll get more into that next time. Being a juror? Yes. You have a judge. You have lawyers who are highly trained and highly educated. Yet you have a jury of how many? Up to 12. Up to 12 who could be bakers, gas station attendants, Walmart. Stay-at-home mom. Stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad. Professor. They're the ones that have to look over this evidence based on how the attorneys present it and make a decision on somebody's life potentially. Right. And if you look at the lawyers and the judges, they went to law school and they spent three, four, however many years law school's taking nowadays. I think it's up to four years in some cases if you're going full time, learning a whole nother language. Yes. Learning a whole set of processes, learning processes, learning certain laws and the way things run together and interpretations and all that. And here you are, a layperson, supposed to listen to a new language and, and get make it. a sound judgment. Ah, that's kind of crazy. Yep. Well, thank you. Thank you. And see you next week. See you next week. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.